0: Um, so we're glad that you guys have jumped in, saw several of you uh, earlier as you were coming online. Uh, you'll recall that we're in a series entitled Courageous Faith. We're going through the book of Joshua, had no idea as we began this that we would enter a time uh, where we really do need courageous faith in this world that we live in with all the uncertainty, uh, things changing almost every day. And, and now we're ending, we're, we're getting to the end of this series uh, next week will be the last one in the series. That's always kind of a bittersweet time for me. I'm excited about starting the new series heading into Easter. Uh, we'll let you know uh, through our, our uh, Facebook page and our website uh, what our Easter service is going to look like. We're looking ahead, planning ahead, um, so watch for that. But, but we'll end this series and then head into Easter. And I'm excited about starting a new series with you guys, but it's also a little sad uh, to, to be able to leave this one behind. Today we're in Joshua chapter 23, and so if you'll turn there with me, Joshua chapter 23, we're going to be looking at verses 6 through 8. Don't get too excited. I have some other verses uh, that are in there too, but we want to we want to round the corner now as we, we wrap up uh, our time in Joshua. This is what Joshua says, therefore be strong and keep, I'm sorry, therefore be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done this day joshua really comes to a place now with the nation of israel that he gives the charge to the nation of israel that they've they've gone in they've taken possession of the promised land Uh, most of the fighting is done just a little bit of mop up yet to do and and joshua is reminding them just like we need to be reminded many times as we as we get into what might be a peaceful time that this this is not the time to turn away I love the way that, that Joshua does it here. He's actually reminding them. It's kind of a bookend. If you remember, this all began with Moses. God used Moses to draw the children of Israel out of Egypt in slavery. And, and once he did, he gave them the law. He made a covenant with them. And, and that's the old covenant. Uh, he begins with the old covenant as he goes with them. And, and we see that in Exodus. We see it again in Deuteronomy. In fact, in Deuteronomy 5, two, here's what he writes. The Lord, this is Moses, the Lord, our God, made a covenant with us in Horeb. And, and, and you know that the, the old covenant that God made with the children of Israel was really based, uh, it, it was a conditional covenant. They had some things that they had to do. God had some things that, that he did. So, so God's part with them was that God was going to take them as a nation. God was going to use them as the light to the world, they were his chosen people. Uh, they, They misunderstood over time, thinking that that meant they were the only ones to be saved. What really God intended was for them to be a light for all the nations, that God through them would bring salvation to the whole world. That was always God's plan. God's part was to do that. Their part was to obey him. Their part was to follow him. And and, and what we see in Deuteronomy, particularly it was given in Exodus, Deuteronomy simply means the second law. And so that's why we see the law reiterated then. What we see is the law that he gives. And, and although there, there's a lot to the law, if you've ever read through uh, Numbers and, and Leviticus, you'll see this, that the core of the law or the summation of the law we find in the Ten Commandments. And that's what he gave to them on Mount Oreb. As he made this covenant with them, he gave them the law. That was their part for obedience. And you know the story just as well as I do, that the cycle that the children of Israel fell into looked a little bit like this. They walked with the Lord and God blessed them. They got comfortable and they turned away from the Lord. And then God disciplined them. I don't like to use the word punishment because God never just punishes punitively. That, that only happens in the final judgment. But God disciplined them. Discipline is correction. It's always to bring them back. And, and God used a lot of different ways to do that. He used other nations uh, to come in, the nations that didn't follow him, that followed false gods, used them to come in and discipline them and and. At one point, they spent 70 years in exile in Babylon. They would, they would repent. They would see the error of their ways, realize that they had rebelled against the Lord. God convicted them, and they would repent, and then they would turn back to the Lord and follow him and obey his commands and his statutes, and God would bless them. Then they would get comfortable, and then they would turn away. And that, that's the cycle that we see over and over in the Old Testament. And, and that's under the law. It, it, you know just as well as I do that no one can follow the law. There's not a single one of us. We read that last week in, in Romans 3.23. We have all fallen and come short of the glory of God, right? We, we've all sinned. There's not a single one of us who hasn't. Uh, in fact, I shared with you last week a story of a man that they were talking with, just trying to go through the Ten Commandments to help him understand his need for Christ. And and we can't even make it through the first few uh, before we start violating the thou shalt not lie, right? And so God, God uses the law to reveal our sin. That's what Paul talks about in, in Romans. We can't, we can't follow the law. And, and, and here what, what, they're, what really Joshua is trying to encourage the children of Israel to do is not to turn away from him. And that's hard to do. Uh, if you're like me, um, we, we, we have uh, our, our time together, our gathering together today. We worship the Lord. Uh, most of our Sunday is focused on on God, is focused on following Jesus. Then we hit Monday, and, and I don't know what your Mondays look like now um, with the changes, but but, but you get into your daily routine, you go into your week, and, and all these other things in the world start to pull you aside, and, and, and you have to work if you still have that opportunity, I hope. Um, the, you, you get into these things, and, and you begin to turn away. It's easy to do. And, and the gods that we follow, we'll talk about this next week, but the gods that we follow aren't the same gods that they followed necessarily, and, and yet it's easy for us to turn away and follow a, a false god. Joshua is reminding them, don't do that. He said, be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it, neither to the right hand nor to the left. And I love the way that that he finishes this, but you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. Now we're not under the law. We know that, right? Um, We're we're under grace. And and so I I want us to spend the remainder of our time together this morning in in the message uh, focusing on this new covenant. You see, we're not under the old covenant. We're not under the law. We're under the new covenant. In fact, I I love the prophet Jeremiah talks about it in Jeremiah 31, verse uh, 31 through 34. Here's what he says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Isn't that great? We, we kind of think uh, that, that God had to come up with a new plan when we couldn't follow the old covenant. That, that's not the case. God only has a plan. And his plan was always to reconcile the world to himself through Jesus Christ. And, and, and so that, that's Jeremiah, the Old Testament. Let's jump to the New Testament now in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15 through 17. Here's what he says. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds... I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. The writer of Hebrews is referring back to Jeremiah and, and where God declares in Jeremiah that there would be a time where he would initiate a new covenant with us. Not a covenant that's based on deeds, not a covenant that's based on law, but a covenant that's based on him. In fact, this covenant that he has with us now, the new covenant is unconditional. I don't know uh, about you, but but I kind of like the unconditional part. You ever read some of these some of these warranties that you have? I I, I love it. Uh, we bought some tables a while back, some plastic tables, and and, and the, it's uh, it says that the name of the table is something like unlimited warranty, and it has a limited warranty. <laughs> And so you have to go through and read the limits. Well, okay, so if you don't do this, then it voids the warranty. If, if, you, if you do this, it voids the warranty. And, and you have to read through all of the fine print. And I don't know about you, but if this new covenant had some limitations that, that, that I had to do, if there was a way for me to void the new covenant, I surely would, because that's how we are. But this is an unconditional covenant that he makes with us. You see, in this new covenant, rather than part of it being God and part of it being us, in this new covenant, it was all God's part. Did you get that? In the new covenant, all of it depends on him. None of it depends on us. We simply get to believe and receive. In fact, the, the, the term for grace uh, often used is that it's a gift that he gives to us. Luke 22, 20, Jesus refers to this. If you'll remember, this is uh, the, the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed. And, and he had gathered with his disciples, having communion, having the Lord's Supper. Well, he initiated the Lord's Supper, um, the Passover together with them. And, and as he celebrated the Passover with them, he knew that his time was short. And so he, he wanted them to understand. He wanted us to understand. Here's what he says in Luke twenty two twenty. And likewise, Luke says, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Here's what Jesus was saying to them. Hey, guys, I'm going to the cross after this. And things are going to change. Uh, up until now, you have been under the old covenant, the law, where God does his part and you do your part, but no one could do that. So I will initiate with you a new covenant. This is the new covenant that I make with you. And then Paul explains that just a a little bit more to us in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 19. Here's the way that Paul describes this new covenant. He says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You see, in the new covenant, God did it all through Christ on the cross. In fact, in a way that's hard for us to understand, on the cross, through Christ, God was reconciling the world, not just people, but the all of creation to him. The law says do. Grace says done. And so Jesus is is initiating this new covenant with us. And, And in this new covenant, there's a new command We don't have to worry. We're not under the law. We don't have to try to keep the law because none of us can. Now, you'll see pretty quickly, that doesn't mean we can go lie, steal, cheat, kill, murder. That's kind of the same thing as kill, isn't it? We don't get to do those things uh, under the new covenant. Jesus gives us a new command, and and he refers to it really kind of in Matthew 28, verse 20, when he says this, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. In John thirteen, thirty four and 35, here's what Jesus tells his disciples. This is jumping back to now the night that he was to be betrayed. He said, A new covenant I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this will all people know that you are my disciples, If you have love for one another. Here's the deal. As we look at the charge that Joshua gave to the children of Israel, we realize that Jesus gave us a very similar charge. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And, and all, of the, all of the things that we see in the New Testament, you can, you can sum up, just like the, all of the law in the Old Testament were summed up in actually two things. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In the New Testament, Jesus said, let me just summarize all these commands. I'm going to give you a new command that encompasses them all. And here's, it, here's what it is. Love one another just as I have loved you. And so the charge that that we have as the church this morning is to seek to love others the way that God has loved us. That's pretty big. Think about it. If you love someone, will you steal from them? Of course not. If you love someone, are you gonna lie to them? Of, of course not. In, in fact, here's the thing. Not only does this new command that Jesus give us, not only does it encompass all of the law, it actually goes beyond. In, in fact, we're commanded to love as Christ has loved us. That means that we don't only not do bad to people, but we do good for people, that we minister to them, that we reach out to them. Hey, listen, we, we're in a time where there are people who need someone to reach out to them with the love of Christ. So so let me give you this charge. Love one another as Christ has loved us. Now, I, I know uh, we think of love as this little fuzzy thing and And uh, I can't hardly even say the word love without thinking of the young couple that's over here and the little hearts are popping between. That's not really love. Jesus showed us what love was when he gave his life for us on the cross. And in fact, he fleshes this out a little bit for us when he's talking about the marriage relationship, when he tells the husbands, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So what if, what if we began to love one another the way that Christ loved us? What, what would the church look like? I, I bet you the business meetings would be a lot more fun. Uh, not, maybe not as interesting, but a lot more fun. I, 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 bet, I bet when we wrong one another, and we will, I, I bet when we wrong one another, we would be quick to reconcile, to ask for forgiveness, to confess, and make that relationship right again. I bet if we loved one another in the church the way that Christ loved us, that that we we could put some of these personal preference things aside and we could really get busy about doing the work of the kingdom. And I bet if we loved one another the way that Christ loved us that the world around would notice. But better than that, what if we loved our community the way that Christ loved us? What if What if we gave ourselves for our community the way that Christ gave himself for us? What if we weren't all about what we want? What if we weren't all about taking care of ourselves? but what if we were all about reaching other people with the love of Christ? We have a lot of opportunity to do that in this time. and in fact, um, be ready as we as we seek for ways to reach out into this community and to be able to demonstrate to them the love for Christ. That is an unconditional love. Look for ways to be able to minister and reach out to others. Let me, let me pray with us as we enter a time of invitation. And here's the response uh, that I would like for you to make this morning in this invitation. Would you commit to following Christ with all that is within you? Oh i've said it before Uh, we think of priorities where god is a top priority maybe our marriage our our family is second third priority that that work maybe is after that or church however you figure those what if instead of making a list of priorities what if what if we just put god in the center of it all And, and what if we just let all those other things revolve around him Let me encourage you this morning. Let me give you this charge. That you say, God, I want you to be the center of everything. Jesus, I want to follow you. And then everything else that I do comes from that. Would would you do that this morning as we enter this, this time? Let me pray with you. Father, you are amazing. You love us in ways that we can't even begin to fathom. And in fact, even as your children, even as those who are followers of Christ, as we, as we stray, as we turn to the right or turn to the left, you pursue us in a love relationship. You don't give up on us. Father, would you help us to love others the way that you love us? Would you help us to, to love one another in the church the way that Christ has demonstrated his love for us? And God, would you help us to, to reach out into our community to, to those who are afraid, those who are hurting, those who are lonely, those who feel isolated, to be able to reach out to them in a variety of ways with the love of Jesus Christ, the love that he has shown us. God, would you do it in a way that would not only bring honor and glory to you, but a way that would bring people to faith in Christ. Father, this is our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen to uh, uh, just continue uh, worship with us, lift your hearts, lift your voices, uh, lift your hands um, as we continue on.
1: Oh